Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It's a Friday edition of the podcast. And if you are watching on YouTube, you can see I got my West Point Army shirt on, courtesy of Captain Maynard Bohorkas from the uh, graduate of the West Point Academy and, uh, you know, member of the United States Army. I got my kind of camo American flag hat on because I'm talking to somebody today that uh, definitely uh, loves the Army. His son spent a great deal of time in the United States Army. We, Andy and I, uh, my friend here, Andy Angelo, always chat about Army-Navy games a little bit. Uh, he, uh, he wears a, a proud army sweatshirt, I think, or a t-shirt a time or two I've seen him in, but, uh, uh we started officiating, uh, or he started well before me. He was a, a guy that officiated football for quite some time. And we also umpired some baseball together. He was, uh, one of the original coaches of the West Covina Dukes. I mean, there's a lot of things we're going to get to and cover today, but let's bring him on the program. If I can't mess up, uh, the technology side of things, uh, Andy Angelo is our guest today. A uh, friend of mine over the years. It's been a long time. I haven't seen him in uh, quite a while. Let's see here. These uh, these uh, waiting room things are are tricky at times. But uh, Andy Angelo is our guest today, and uh, uh, Andy has a great deal of uh, love and affection for the great people of Real Hondo Prep. He's an official who's gone down and uh, and uh, worked a lot of games there. He has, uh, you know, been a fan, really, of Real Hondo Prep football a time or two as well. Looks like we're having some trouble here bringing him on the program. I think he's muted or the video is uh, the video is off, too, it looks like. Oh, man, what a bummer. I know he's there. I just talked to him. I just talked to him. So uh, something's going on here. This is what, what they call uh, you're going to have to fill here. You're going to have to fill some time. Uh, so while Andy is connecting to audio and, uh, looks like video, there, <laughs> we just went through all these bugs and, and thought we cleared it all out, but I guess, uh, we still have issues. Andy, I don't know if you're there, but I can't see you or hear you, my friend. Uh, anyway, I'll try to tell you guys about some of the guests we have, uh, coming on the get home safe podcast. Uh, well, I'm not sure when this one is coming out, so uh, maybe I can't really uh, spill any of the details in regards to that. Uh, I wish there was a pause button on these meetings here, but apparently there is not. Uh, let me see. Let me pause this. Okay, there he is. We finally did it. Uh, I don't know how we wow. did it, but we did it. It took some time. Andy, Angela, welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast. Good to see you, Matt. Great to see you. Andy, it's been quite some time. Um, you know, it's been a crazy year and a half or so. And I'm trying to remember, even before that, when we saw each other last, must have been real uh, refereeing. I think, a, we, I think we did a. I think we did a youth football game at the new uh, uh, stadium at uh, Rio Hondo Prep. 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that must've been it. Um, you know, Andy, you're someone who's officiated high school sports. You, uh, you know, worked with the West Covina Dukes uh, as a coach for quite some time, but uh, once upon a time, this uh, younger official, uh, Matt Hersema said, Hey, uh, there's these junior high football games where I would love to get some officials together and, and go down and, and work some games. And, and uh, uh-huh. my buddy Devin is the, uh, the coach and, and you've right. gone down and you've officiated a lot of Rio Hondo prep uh, junior high games. You officiated baseball games. I have a lot of Rio Hondo prep listeners. So what is your perception here off the bat of uh, Rio Hondo prep as kind of from an outsider perspective? Well, it's a friendly environment to start with. Uh, the parents are, are, are friendly towards the, the officials, the coaches. Uh, they don't... Uh, uh, you know, sometimes in your mind, you you hope you make the right call. <laughs> Nobody says a word. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's great. You know, and uh, it's always nice. It's, uh, it's they put a nice uh, hour forty five, two hour time limit on the baseball games, and you know you're going to get out of there and uh, working those uh, football games at Rio Hondo Prep on that uh, little field. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know that. Uh, it was amazing. It's amazing to go down there. Uh, my wife and I went out to dinner uh, last uh, Monday. We went to El Sombrero right there in Almonte. And I said, I want to show you where Rio Hondo Prep is. Oh, because wow. she, gra- she she graduated a Royal High School just right across the, the washway. Oh. And she never knew that Rio Hondo Prep was that close. So we actually, the gates were open. So we just drove in. I said, there, there's the fields, there's the school, and, and we, you know, we just drove in and out, you know, and she was uh, amazed that all of a sudden it's there. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's interesting. You drive down uh, Forna Avenue and then, uh, of course, also the, the football stadium there that they've put the built in the care complex there in Irwindale. It's, it has evolved into uh, really something special, and I, I always find it interesting when guys go down there, uh, have a good experience, uh, having not been affiliated with the program. So uh, that, that's really cool that you got, Hey, date night, show showing the misses uh, where real Hondo prep is. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it was on my bucket list to do that. But anyway, <laughs> but uh, yeah, going back uh, my very first playoff game, eight man football game was at real Hondo prep. Wow. And Jim Johnson was the white hat. I was the umpire. And three other guys. I can't even remember. It was so long ago. I think it was like, I don't know, 92, 93, something like that. Were you so, were you done at halftime? That's the big question. Well, let me tell you, back then, you had to get into the second half. Okay? So we did the second half kickoff. Real Hondo kicked off. The other team received the ball, put the ball down, game over. <laughs> oh what that's so weird that is so weird it was, it was like 48 to nothing oh wow so, so you know I, it's, it's kind of a shame because you know you want to work the game you want to be out there doing the game and all of a sudden they say oh game over so. yeah it's one of those crazy eight-man football and, and i don't know what it is now but i but it, when i was playing yeah it was 45 or more at halftime or beyond then uh, the game was just over. It ended. And I remember one time Rio was down like, 
or winning by uh, 41 and the other uh-huh. team kicked off opening kickoff or second half ran it back and then it was game over it was just stuff <laughs> like that and that was a big reason Rio moved to 11 man my senior year uh, although that last title was it was a tough one in 01 uh, it had just kind of become it there was time for a new new challenges a new step up and uh, and we'll definitely talk about an ele- a famous 11-man football game at Rio uh, that you worked. We'll talk about that uh, later uh, later on. But uh, anyway, Andy, good to see you. Yeah, it's been a while. Uh, how are you doing? How's your health? How's uh, how's the family? I mean, it's been a long time since I really chatted with you. Everything is good. Uh, uh, my oldest son just turned 50 or 51, something like that. Anyway, uh, Daniel right now, as we speak, he's in Anchorage. Alaska, he's uh, working the state finals in uh, uh, American Legion baseball. Nice. And uh, uh, he's doing a game today at uh, our time, 11, uh, 1.30. And then tonight he he goes back uh, to the stadium and he's doing a college game. Oh, man. Double dipping. Yeah. Yeah. So he lives in Fairbanks and it's, uh, it's about 350 mile drive to get to Anchorage, but uh, he's doing it this week, goes home for a couple of weeks, and then he goes back for, uh, uh, see, there's two divisions in, in uh, American Legion. They're called the juniors and then the, the varsity division. So he's doing both of those divisions, but two weeks apart. So wow, and doing real well. I, I can't imagine there's, there's a, a lot of officials in uh, Alaska. We struggle for officials here in Southern California, very populated area. Uh, is he, are they always in demand up there? Well, he is the assigner in Fairbanks for, for foot, for baseball. He does from youth ball all the way up to, uh, the high school. And, uh, he has maybe at the most six guys. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. And, uh, yeah, yeah, you can, you can understand what quality you have when you only have six guys. So, but uh, I went up there two years in a row to help them officiate baseball games. Uh, during the pandemic here, there was nothing going on. So I hopped on a plane and flew up to Fairbanks and stayed up there for three weeks and officiated uh, uh, 21 baseball games. Wow. Look at you, man. <laughs> so uh, it was, it was, you know, it was great. Uh, there was a time where, uh, years ago, when uh, he wanted to start officiating, uh, I trained him at uh, Walmarado Park in West Covina, and there's a picture of us that he posted uh, side by side. Naturally, I'm doing the plate. I got the gear on, and uh, we, we we wore those old powder blue shirts with the button down. Oh, I didn't even know you were around at that time. No, sir. But, <laughs> You know, so he took a picture of that and he put it side by side. I did a game with him in Fairbanks and the local newspaper reporter was there taking pictures and he took a picture of us and my son posted that picture side by side, 25 years difference. And and I, I my caption was, is yes, and I'm still doing the play. <laughs> <laughs> of course of course andy see andy i didn't know you still owned plate gear some of those games at maverick man uh you know you got us youngins working the working the plate here and there man 
Well, you know, you got to learn. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, so Daniel's 50. So Daniel's 50. That means his old man. Yeah, Daniel's, Daniel's 45. He's 30 years younger. My oldest son turned 50. Oh, oldest but, son. Uh, but uh, going back to plate gear, uh, my plate shoes fell apart. Ah. And here's a 75-year-old umpire buying new equipment. And I told my wife, I said, this is going to last longer than me. <laughs> <laughs> Umpires are funny. We get stubborn with our gear. Like, no, no, I like my old stuff. But I got to tell you, new shoes. Oh, there's nothing like new shoes, new comfortable shoes. And you're like, why didn't I do this earlier? You know, oh, Seven, yeah. 75, Andy. God bless you, man. Still out Thank there. You. Still out there working. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, now, now, talk to me about, um, I, forgive me if it, I, I forget your other son's name. Uh, Stephen. Daniel and Steven. Okay. And were those your only two children? Yes. Okay. And which of the two was in the army? The youngest one, Daniel. Okay. It was Daniel. And what is, uh, what is Steven up to? Steven works for, uh, pet boys. He does security work for pet boys. And oh, wow. He, li- he lives in Henderson, Nevada. Oh, what a lucky guy living in, uh, living the good life out there near Las Vegas. Uh, not a, not a bad 40 degree weather. <laughs> hey, Hey, there's air conditioning. Although Pep at the, yeah, the, uh, the mechanic, that area, probably not too much, uh, not too much air conditioning there. Uh, but, but it was Daniel, you were telling me who was, uh, you know, in the army and I, and I wore this, uh, get up for those not watching on YouTube, uh, our West awesome. Point shirt from our our good friend, uh, Captain Maynard Bajorquez of the U.S. Army, West Point graduate. And then I got my little camo hat on here because your son, Daniel, uh, served uh, quite admirably in the United States Army and had a, had a job, really, that I don't think any of us would want uh, serving a few tours. So can you tell me about uh, his service? He, he was a combat medic, uh, two tours in Iraq. Uh, very, very, very hard duty because uh, we were talking about the difference between uh, Vietnam and, and nowadays. Uh, back in Vietnam, you had uh, the typical wounds. Uh, in Iraq, you had IEDs. Mm. You know, so you had uh, a different perspective of what uh, what blows up. It just, it just, just was an awful. And he he does have a touch of PTSD because of it which is understandable. And uh, because he lost a lot of his friends, he was stationed uh, at uh, Fort, Fort Wainwright there in Fairbanks. And uh, uh, they were the, the, the strikers. When they send the strikers to, uh, to Iraq, uh, he was part of that uh, unit. Mm. So. Well, I'm sure very uh, difficult to, he probably doesn't talk about any of it, but uh, man, I can't imagine not just being in combat, but then to be there for guys who are suffering and, and probably on their, uh, you know, their last breath seat and just being comfort to them. I mean, I can't think of something more admirable. So I know you are probably very, very proud of him. Oh, very, very. And, you know, the first, uh, the first Gulf War, uh, uh, combat medics were the first targets because they were out saving people, taking care of people. So they were the first targets of, uh, of the enemy to, to try to eliminate. And, uh, wow. How, yeah. did, 
How did Daniel get, uh, I mean, we all kind of know why guys, I guess, get into the arm. Did he know he wanted to be this uh, combat medic or did he kind of just say, I want to be in the military? What was his kind of path to getting there? You know, I I don't really know how it came about, but uh, uh, he did uh, have a choice. He enlisted. So he did have a choice of uh, school, you know, and uh, he always wanted to be in the medical field. So that was uh, the right step to take. Mm. yeah that's uh yeah man i i can't even i can't imagine and uh yeah i know he's uh he said he's retired now and now he's umpiring random baseball games up in alaska so he's on to bigger bigger and better things that's uh that's good but but you're someone andy you have you wear this uh i've seen you have a nice army sweatshirt a nice army t-shirt that you wear uh it's brought up some discussions at times when we've been you know out at breakfast or whatever I know uh-huh. uh, the Army Navy football game is is always something that's a lot of fun to watch, <laughs> and I know so you and Daniel, I'm sure, uh, tune in uh, every year. Well, it's uh, it's it's more of my stepson. Uh, he uh, also was in the Army and served in Germany, but uh, uh, he is he is so gun ho Army. <laughs> so nice. it's 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 an Army family, starting with my father who. Uh, uh, was third wave at Omaha Beach. Wow! Yeah, wow. so we followed uh, we followed the tradition, and uh, even my wife's ex husband, who has passed away, he was uh, he was a Vietnam veteran too. So, man, everything that, ties to the army. Yeah, that is yeah. Well, go army, beat navy. I mean, it, it's a it's a it's a friendly <laughs> it's a friendly rivalry. But man, there's something about you and I love football. Uh, I, I love watching football and, and, you know, I love watching Alabama or USC, these really talented teams, but there's not to say army Navy isn't, but when they get together there in December, that very last game of the year. Uh, well, it's just the tradition. Yeah. Of all the games I want to get to in my life, that's probably number one. I want to get to an army Navy game. It would be really, really cool to be a part of that. Um, well, very, very, see, I see, I didn't even know we we're going to talk about this. We got to talk about USC football as well. Uh, when we'll get to that, maybe you do, your uh, Dodger baseball and this and that. But uh, before we do any of that, let's go back uh, to your so about 75 years ago, Andy, about 75 years ago, <laughs> where it all began. Where did you grow up and uh, spend your childhood and high school years? I uh, was born and raised in East LA. Uh, uh, USC Medical Center, right off the freeway, right off the 10 freeway. Uh, my dad, when he got out of the service, he was wounded in World War II. And uh, uh, he was able to, through the GI Bill, buy a home in, uh, right off of Whittier Boulevard in East 2nd Street, downtown uh, uh, East LA. But then came the 710 freeway. <laughs> back in the day and they bought us out so that was the the reason why we moved out to uh the rosemead almani area to get out of uh, east la so that's where it all began so as uh, i gotta ask as a as a son whose father uh you know stormed the beaches at normandy uh, what was, was there not too many excuses made in the household from, uh, from the Angelo kids? <laughs> no, he wasn't, uh, he really wasn't that strict of a father. He, uh, he worked hard. Uh, there's, there's, there's four of us. Uh, I had three brothers 
and uh, he was a hard worker, but uh, he was able to uh, buy a home, like I said, on the GI million dollar room, they called it. And he worked at an airplane plant in Los Angeles. And uh, he was he bought a new car every other year. Wow. He was, uh, he, he was a hard worker. That's awesome. Very, very cool. Uh, and, and so Andy, you ended up, uh, you ended up at Rosemead high school eventually. And then did you, you played sports? Uh, were you active in, in athletics as a kid and in high school? In high school, believe it or not, I was, uh, on the varsity tennis team. No, this has never come up. What? And growing up, I, there was a, a guy that lived across the street that was an avid tennis player. So he uh, he gave us broken rackets, and we put them together with screws, and we went out and fooled around playing tennis. <laughs> and for some reason, I became pretty good at it. And uh, I was a four-year varsity tennis player at Rosemead High School. Man, you learn things on this podcast. That's for sure. That That is hilarious. I don't think I've ever known that about you. Uh, I see you running around uh, swinging the old uh, tennis racket. <laughs> that is funny. Oh, man. Well, uh, uh, after high school, kind of what, what direction did you go? Did you have a, a, an idea of a career or a, a pursuit or just wanted to live, live uh, the good life in your 20s? What was life like after high school? Well, the thing is, is I went to Pasadena City College and uh, uh, decided to take a year off. And that's when I got drafted in the Army. I went into the Army as, as a 19-year-old. Wow. And so uh, uh, I, I was drafted for two years, but I decided to take the three years and, and get some schooling out of it. So I was uh, one of the... Uh, I had two years of college, so they put me as a cradle's driver right away. Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. So I did not see any combat. I went to Europe, drove a cradle around for 30 months. Wow. <laughs> so when we, so in all those uh, all those movies we've seen, I don't know, White Christmas or, or I don't know, Patton or whatever, there's, there's yeah. a, the main character and then there's a guy driving the Jeep. That was you. That was me. Only <laughs> mine was a 68 Chevrolet Impala. Wow. <laughs> not too bad so uh what what parts of uh you said you were in europe what parts of europe uh, were you at and how long were you were you gone on uh your uh the the side? in 1966 if you remember your history uh charles de gaulle kicked the american army out of france yes and the colonel that i drove for was in charge of demolition. We didn't want to leave anything for the French people to live in. So in 1966, I was one of the last GIs, last Americans, to leave France. From there, we went to Germany. Wow, interesting. <laughs> I, I I've toured Europe, you know, for a few weeks uh, as a as a teenager. Again, with Rio Hondo Prep and such, I can't imagine living in these places for long periods of time. I mean, people are, people go tour Europe now. It's this wonderful, you know, place, but you were assigned there. I mean, uh -huh. was it, I mean, be honest, was it hard living? Was it, was it uh, kind of nice being there? Did you miss home? I mean, take me through your emotions being there. Well, the thing was, is uh, it, you're away from home for all that time. It's hard, 
but uh, the thing too is, is there's actually winters over there. <laughs> being a being a Southern California boy, uh, that white stuff was was unacceptable. Oh, <laughs> I know, cold. I know. We don't I do that, that stuff. The last the last year that I was there, I think we had two weeks of summer. That was two. it. Oh wow. <laughs> It was either cold, rainy, or snowing. Wow. So you said you did three years in the Army? Yes. Wow. That's, uh, that's, that's awesome. And then, so you come home after three years, and you used uh, – you said – did you complete your schooling with the uh, courtesy of the United States Army, or kind of what, what was life like after uh, your time there in the Army? I went, I went back to Pasadena City College on the GI Bill, and uh, – uh, uh, tried to, I was in graphic arts. Uh, I was a, a printer by trade. And so that's the, what I pursued. And then when I uh, uh, got out of that, I got a job. And 30 years later, I retired from a printing company. So Wow. You know, yeah. what's interesting is people really don't do that anymore as far as start at a, a job or a craft, you know, specific <laughs> skill and you know work work for 30 years at a place i mean it's the times have changed so much and it's it's odd i don't know if it's for the better or not but that used to be the common thing is people got a job or a career and just they were there their entire they just stayed with it, yeah you know and so but things change and we adapt i guess uh but it must have been i, I don't know how do you do anything like that you go to the same place every day for 30 years <laughs> for, for, for young guys like me, I'm 36, Andy. So uh, that seems so, so foreign. We kind of have these patches of, uh, okay, five, eight years here, another six years here. Like, but yeah. to do one thing for that long, that ever got repetitive or boring or whatever. Well, yeah. Looking back at it, it, uh, <laughs> it was, it was pretty repetitive. Yes. But uh, I, I did, uh, you know, uh, uh, advance. Uh, to be a, a shop foreman and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, and then I went to the evening shift and back to the day shift, you know. So looking back, it was uh, it was doable. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So at what point did you start this crazy, uh, this crazy uh, uh, hobby, whatever, of, of umpiring, umpiring baseball? I mean, uh, you had served uh you know in the U- u.s army you went to school you're doing this uh this uh, 30-year career when did baseball kind of come into the picture well my when my oldest son was uh 12 13 and in pony league uh i would go watch him play he played at orangewood park in west Covina, and the umpires were awful you know <laughs> I, I, I i'm sitting in the stands going damn they're bad. And so, you know, my, both my sons, they, they'd come up to me and go, why don't you do that, Dad? You'd be better than them. And I said, well, I can try. So next thing you know, I was doing practice games, buying, a, buying shin guards here and there, you know, uh, yard sale stuff or whatever, and uh, second hand and, and got out there and the rest is history. Did... Okay, so I, I I always ask this question because I think for most people, they sit in the stands or they sit on their couch and they're like, I can do that. That that can't be that hard. Then they go do <laughs> it, and you, you maybe you pick it up rather quickly, but still, there's that learning period. The first few times you put on gear or step on a field, it's like, 
oh, okay, I see why mistakes are made because this is harder than it looks. Did you cut? I mean, right, for all of us, we had that early on experience. I think mine was more nerves. Nerves? You know, uh, you know when, you, when you play the game, you watch the game, you understand the game, and you know the rules, I think it becomes a lot easier. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, <laughs> it's much easier. And um, so you started umpiring uh, baseball when your kids were younger. And then um, eventually, I'm not sure what the timeline is here. Um, were you coaching them or did you become, uh, you, you helped with the West Covina Dukes? How did that, what was the timeline of all that stuff? When Daniel turned 13, uh, he was still playing Pony League, but he did try out for the Dukes and he didn't make it. So he went back to Pony, but then all of a sudden the Dukes called him and said, hey, we need a first baseman. <laughs> and I said, you know what, uh, maybe next year, because he's committed to playing at uh, Orangewood Park and he's going to stay there. So after that, he 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 got involved and uh, finished this uh, his fourteen season with the Dukes, and then after that, I became a coach. I did not want to coach him while he was on the Dukes. They uh, they invited me to uh, to uh, coach. So. Well, it's interesting that you know so many fathers today want to coach their kids. They have to coach their kids, and that's a big reason why they get in, into it. And so. Did you just want to kind of separate those two lives and let him uh, have his baseball playing experience and you be the dad in the stands? Why, why did you take that approach? It's because of the daddy baseball. I'm sorry, Andy. I'm sorry, Andy. The connection is, the connection is awful right now. Did something change? It sounds like uh, we're losing you a little bit. No, nothing changed. Better now? Let me see. Try again, Andy. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Are we good? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, I I didn't. Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Something changed. The connection is absolutely awful. I don't know what is going on today. It is bad connection day, bad technology day. Uh, there's nothing we can really do about it except push through it, I guess. Uh, oh, now we got a we got a dog in there. He, bring the dog on the program too. Why not? Uh, <laughs> well, hopefully he just passes. Three rescue dogs. Three rescue dogs. I have three rescues. Yes. Wow. That's awesome. Good for you guys. Okay. Let's try this one more time. Uh, coaching uh, versus being a dad. Uh, I did not want to uh, coach him because then you get in the car and drive home and uh, why did you do this? You did this wrong. You, did, you, know, you don't want to be a critical of the way he played the game. And I, I think that's a, a big thing of, uh, of of coaching your son, you know. Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, my that's, opinion. No, it, it's not easy, and some people can't separate those two things for sure. Uh, do the lights go out, Andy? Are you you're you're all right over there, man? 
We're, we're going to plug this phone in. We're going to charge, uh, plug it in as we speak. Didn't pay our <laughs> Oh, man. For those not watching on YouTube, we got all kinds of things going on here. Yeah, lights going on. We have light. We got light. Let there be light. Beautiful. Okay, we'll just try to push through this. I know the audio is a little tough, but we'll keep we'll keep uh, hanging in there. So, what were your experiences like uh, coaching the Dukes? So, I thought you did it for a few years, and uh, you know, my good friend uh, Bob Lamb, who's uh, still still doing uh, you know officiating and everything, and uh, you know, back in those days, I mean, uh, what was it like coaching uh, the the world famous West Co- West Covina Dukes? Well, I tell you what, the, that program is still going strong. Uh, they've added uh, 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 10 and under, 11, 12. Now we're 13, 14, 15, all the way up to 17 and under. Wow. And uh, it's, it's, a, it's a growing organization, and uh, uh, the quality is, is really good. Uh, the coaching is good. They're, they have a great... Uh, Facility. I, I don't know if, uh, if you've seen Maverick Park uh, lately, but they have batting cages now. They have bullpen area. They have uh, uh, carpeting uh, on the on the uh, sidelines. It's it's really well uh, uh, kept up now. Well, it's been such a a constant here in the San Gabriel Valley, and um, you know it started you know back when your kids were playing when you were coaching, I mean, Cam Saylor to my knowledge is still really affiliated there in uh, keeping the park up and everything. Uh, his son has gone on to play in professional baseball and everything. And you, you still continue to umpire there at, uh, at uh, Maverick field, uh, world famous Maverick field there in West Covina. Uh, so is it fun for you still at, uh, you know, in your seventies to, to go back there and, and umpire games when uh you know kind of your your kids were playing there back in the day oh yes uh, uh, uh continuing umpiring at maverick is is uh is where the quality baseball is you know you always uh you always want to umpire good games you know because uh it it, uh, it keeps your mind in the game it keeps you uh uh stay one step ahead as far as the next play you know, it, umpiring, you can watch somebody umpire, but uh, is he officiating? You Ooh. know, you, you got it. You got There's a big difference there. You know, you anybody can go out there and stand behind the catcher and try to call balls and strikes, but uh, the mechanics of the, of the umpires, uh, the two-man crew, it's it just, uh, if it's done right, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch, you know. Well, I like uh, some of the like principles that the Dukes have had over the years. Like uh, I, I think uh, they always want two umpires, you know, Dukes, Dukes games don't do one man. Um, they, all their players, they, they, they not encourage, they tell, you know, you don't call the umpire blue. It's Mr. Umpire. Uh, exactly. You know, you exactly. don't toss, you know, it's all stuff like that that is taught to that, that has been consistent in the Dukes program that is really cool to see because I do think, especially in travel baseball, whatever it's called, uh, that it has kind of gone downhill a little bit in, in just respect of the game and those around it. So the, the Dukes have continued with the, the, the classiness really over the years and just their, from their foundation. 
Well, you know, you, you get teams from out of area that come to play and they want to, the players want to throw you a baseball. And I said, no, no, I got alligator arms. I can't catch, hand me the ball. And so, you know, nowadays you're wearing black shirts and different color shirts and they still want to call you blue. And, it, and I had one coach come up to me and goes, geez, what do I call you, black? I go, no, you can call me Mr. Umpire. <laughs> and he just looked at me and goes, what? <laughs> you know, so uh, it, 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 it's the respect of the game. It's respect. That's all it is. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it exactly. And I, I would think that a lot of those kids who've moved on, uh, when I talked to Bob Lamb, uh, you know, a lot of the, the kids, he said, who went through the program, a lot of them have had great baseball careers, but a lot of them have gone on to do other great things. And they remember the lessons they learned from uh, the West Cabina Dukes back in the day. And so uh, that, that is really, really cool to see a program that puts out a great product of young men, really. Well, you know, uh, when the Dukes uh, in the late 90s uh, won back-to-back World Series, uh, almost all those kids went to Bishop Amat. And the next two years of Bishop Amat were back-to-back CIF champions. And out of those kids, out of the starting nine, eight of them went to D1 colleges. Wow. So that tells you uh, the educational part of it. Oh, big time. Yeah. And I think uh, it was a Jason Gonzalez, who I think I, I was told played in Cary Youth League as well. Uh, I think he played for the Dukes and then the Arsenal and then Bishop Amat played at Vanderbilt, won the national title in 19, and they, they lost the title this year. Uh, so that's just an example of uh, one of many kids who have gone through the program. And he just got drafted. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't see where, what round or anything. I think the 17th round. Okay, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Good for him and uh, the Wallace family. So, uh, or uh, the Wallace, the Gonzalez family. Yeah. Excuse me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, Southern California, San Gabriel Valley has been such a rich baseball area, and it's really cool to see kids who are 13, 14 years old then develop not into great baseball players, but again to to great young men, and uh, that has a lot to do with you know the, the coaches from the past, man. So, did you enjoy coaching? baseball as much as you enjoyed umpiring over the years oh yes absolutely absolutely being around the kids watching them perform uh uh, working on the field what they have worked on in practice uh teaching them uh, the aspects the mental part of the baseball game uh you know baseball is so mental and uh uh you know you have uh the fear of failure don't hit me the ball i don't know what to do with it you know, you teach that, you know, you teach uh, uh, how you want to have the ball. You want to make that last out, you know, uh, that type of deal. It's, it's, it's really important in baseball. Yeah, there's there's that's one thing I learned over the years when we when we started playing at Rio, Todd Carson, who you are, who, you know, well, uh, oh, yeah. he took over the seventh, eighth grade program. And uh, we were seventh graders going out there playing these travel ball teams. We played the Dukes. We got our heads kicked in. We learned real quick that it's not about putting a bat on the ball and, and throwing hard. There's a lot more to baseball, for instance. I, I umpired that game because I think you all drove up in a bus. Oh, yeah. We always showed up in a bus, yeah. <laughs> little, little van. And Todd was driving in his baseball uniform. We get out. We go, yeah. And uh, he always wanted to play a game at Maverick Field, and we got to do that and didn't last long because we got our heads kicked in. But, um, I mean, my friend uh, Nick Fuentes, who was in my class, he ended up playing right. for the Dukes. 
right. uh, great athlete, great baseball player. Uh, so yeah, the, the, the product really has been great over the years and, uh, it's a, it's a brand really, it's a brand name that, uh, man keeps going. Yeah. Yep. Uh, uh, Andy, I got to ask. So, okay. Well, no, I see. There's a few more, few more things on here. Um, so Duke's baseball, your umpire in baseball, when, when did, uh, this uh love of football officiating uh take shape when after many years of baseball did you decide i'll try this football thing out it's a it's a great question we were umpiring a nine and ten year old world series at uh walmart park in west covina and the head umpire was daryl smith wow i don't know if you remember daryl smith i do (laughs) But he approached us and he says, you guys should come out for football. And uh, Bob Lamb and I looked at each other and says, God, haven't tried something new in quite a while. Let's do it. So there it was. I think that was in 1986 or 89, I think. Ooh, ooh. You know what year uh, I was born, Andy? You know what year I was born? Just just, just setting the table here, time frame, 1985, sir. Oh boy. Uh, not to, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so you start football and what was your initial reaction to it? Interesting. It was, uh, I played, I played a couple of years at Rosemead high school, but only in the, uh, back then the younger divisions. And, uh, it was, I said, this is pretty physical. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like baseball. I couldn't play the game that well, so I became an umpire. And I couldn't play football that well, so I became an official. So, uh, But the love of the game. Yeah, it's uh, uh, getting out there in, in the, uh, the freshman and JV, you had three guys. But when you moved up to varsity, you had five. It was uh, really great. And then I had the fortunate, uh, I was fortunate enough to be an instructor. And was able to uh, uh, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but it was great. I did it for 28 years, and then it was just uh, uh, got too quick, and uh, the old knees started going out. And, you know. Well, the so, the offense has changed. The hurry up, speed attack, really of of these uh, the, these high school teams now. It trickled down into high school, and it's tough for umpires. The guy in the middle is the posi- the umpire position in uh, football where you pretty much are putting the ball down you're managing the uh the uh the emotions of the 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 men in the trenches there you don't even, you don't even have time to count players no <laughs> count players well i'm gonna put the ball down and snap it then do it again it's just like it it, it does wear on you and it, and it has nothing to do with real with, uh you know uh, we all get to an age i'm sure just where it's hey it's the the pace of the game is is there um, well, you, I, know, you know what I used to, excuse me, you know what I used to tell the guys in my classroom? I said, these football players are 16 and 17. They stay that age. We get older. <laughs> we get older every year. Yeah. They bring in new, new 16, 17 year olds every year. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. Uh, yeah. But the one thing baseball guys love about football, all the baseball umpires I've ever talked to who then have worked football. There's one thing they love about it that baseball does not have and that is clock 
Yes, sir. <laughs> There's a clock that is running. Uh, not all the time, but you know, when it's um, not, yeah. Keep them in bounds. Keep them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when, when you were first starting and you would go to have pizza with us and your dad was there. Yeah. Uh, we would talk a lot and you would listen a lot. And, and you probably advanced faster than anybody that I remember. You listened, you wanted to learn, and, and look at you. You, you, you did, you got into high school, you got into college. In baseball, you, you got into uh, with double A, single A, and, and you just advanced so fast. I was just so proud that I was one of the ones that you listened to. And, yeah. Uh, to the, Hey, yeah. I mean, no, getting together Friday nights at uh, Pizza Chalet, which is still a great spot. Uh, that was always fun listening to, uh, you know, guys who are experts in their own mind anyway, especially after a beer or two, uh, you know, uh -huh. guys, <laughs> guys arguing. And, but honestly, I thought there was more learning there than any classroom experience. Yeah, uh, Cause because it was we real. Talk, we, we talk situations. We talked to uh, what would you do in this case? You know, it, it just, uh, uh, get the hell out of the way that's all appreciate <laughs> no, no doubt about it yeah it's uh there was a great deal of respect for for those who have come before me i wanted to be there i wanted to to be a member of the club really and and advance but it was really the friendships i made along the way uh football was the first sport i did officially in high school uh high school football and then basketball and then baseball uh but my early experience with Foothill Citrus, you know, meeting guys like you, Ruben Lopez, Bob Lamb, uh, Trace McFade, obviously, uh, just Alex Carroll, so many guys that uh, I, I still cherish the friendships today, even though we haven't officiated football in, in quite some time, because I, I still get this itch, Andy, not so much to, uh, to jump on a football field, but to uh, share a slice of pizza and a, and a, a cold cold drink with uh, my football buddies. <laughs> and, and how often do I say, Hey Matt, are you available Saturday? Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I still keep you in mind, don't I? Yeah, I always do, man. And I, and likewise, I do the same. I, you know, it's not easy scheduling games at like Rio Hondo. So I have a, a handful of guys that I try to send over there and, and you're one who does football and baseball quite often for me. And yeah, likewise, when I was struggling with uh, cash and things, I would always count on Andy to send me some uh, games at Maverick field. Uh, there was one time though, Andy, it was a Saturday for instance, where I called you in a pinch. This is a real Hondo prep story. And uh, I got a phone call on a Saturday morning uh -huh. from real Hondo. They said, Hey, can you find us officials for our game tonight? I said, wait a minute. I thought you guys played last night. This is a varsity game. They said, well, we went up to Boron. The, the lights at Boron didn't work. So we, we had to come home. We said, we'll play Saturday. We're not going back up there. You're coming to us. Well, San Gabriel Valley officials couldn't cover the game. So uh, I called the guys who I, I had sent over there at, to do junior high games before you, Ruben, Gabe Lopez. And I said, Hey guys, there's a game Saturday. I know you're probably just sitting down to watch a USC game or something, but can you guys go over and work this uh, varsity game at Rio Hondo? And you guys had done a lot of junior high games and thought, okay, cool. Yeah. It'll be a nice little, nice little quick game, make a few bucks and, uh, and come home having no idea 
that Rio and Boron had formed this like uh, uh, annual rivalry and had met in the playoffs in multiple years. And you guys ended up being short a guy. So you guys go over there not knowing what to expect. And then all of a sudden it turns into the game of the year. I think Rio won by two points. Uh, 42, 41. What was it? Like 43, 41 or 42, 40, something like that. Yeah, it was it was a two-point game. And, and uh, uh, Boron went for the tie on a two-point conversion. And they went to Mike Salas' side, who was the second-year guy. <laughs> <laughs> he, he ruled them short. And uh, the, the greatest thing about that, other than the game, was uh, – the Boron coach came up to me and he says, this is the best officiated game that I have seen. Wow. I mean, and he was the losing coach. And that will stick with me, you know, because you, you, you we only had four guys, you know, <laughs> and it was a great game. Yeah. back in Yeah. And, and that's, that always says something to me when the losing coach compliments the officiating crew, because anyone can compliment the crew when they win, but when you lose, I mean, if you truly, that that to me, that's meaningful. Yes, absolutely. And we always joke about it to this day, me, you, Ruben, you know, uh, we'll say something like, come on down to Rio Hondo. We'll have a good time. (laughs) And, you know, and then you guys call me Saturday night. You go, what did you get us into? Uh, Cause you did, you didn't know that it was this rivalry game, you know, playoff. So that was really funny. Uh, I, I heard about that one for a few weeks. Yeah. Beware of Matt's calls. He might throw you into a hornet's nest. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, it was great. It was, it was such a great experience, you know, working with uh, these guys that we worked with and, and, I, and looking at the eyes of Mike Salas, like, I think I'm overmatched. I think this game is bigger than me. <laughs> they called me. They needed <clears throat> they needed officials. And I said, well, <clears throat> excuse me, last minute notice. I'll do what I can do. Um, you know, we tried calling people too. And there was just nobody available. Everybody was into their, their first six pack or something. <laughs> <laughs> or working a college game or whatever. So, yeah. uh well, well, Andy, what about um, being the umpire position in football? Uh, being that man in the middle, uh, you always said there's two types of umpires, those who've been hit and knocked down and those who have, uh, who are, have not yet uh, been hit or knocked down or something along those lines. You, you've, you've been knocked down a time or two, right? Well, I think after I said that, it was uh, every week. But uh, uh, I think uh, the hardest hit was a big tight end out of uh, – Oh, one of the promoter schools playing at Ganesha High School, he was, uh, uh, he signed a letter of intent to play at USC. Uh, it was, Charles Brown was his name. He came uh, a tight end slant over the middle, and he knocked me all the way to La Puente. <laughs> he, and, and he, he came back through, he says, Next time, stay the F out of my way. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, as I escorted him to the bench, <laughs> I said, I don't think you're going to play the rest of this game and maybe not next week either. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, 
well, come on, you're overreacting. He couldn't have said anything that bad. It's so funny to me when when coaches or fans are like, oh, he's all umpire official. He's overreacting. It's like you have no idea what was said uh, on the field. Let me tell right, you what he right. said. You know, um, that's, well, that's I, I think I think the worst formation when you're the, the umpire is double tights. You got double tight ends, and you know something's going to happen. They're going to cross in the middle. Yeah, or they spread them out and do that that, that dreaded middle screen on you. Um, oh my God! I remember funny story. I remember uh, they moved me out of the middle at a workman game, workman high school, and they moved me out of the middle. And uh, the workman coach says, "Don, I don't know what to run." And I said, "And I didn't like the guy who took my place in the middle. I won't mention his name." I said, "Do you have a center screen?" <laughs> And he says, yeah, we got that. I go, go ahead, do it. Run that middle screen. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> See a humanity coming at you. <laughs> like oh, my God. Your eyes get so big. Oh, my goodness. So what so, was what was worse, getting hit by a baseball or, or getting knocked down in football? I think getting knocked down in football. Ooh. Yeah. I, getting hit by a baseball, that's, that's just part of the game sometimes, but for getting knocked down, you're not expecting it. You know, <clears throat> you always got to worry about when you're doing the umpire position is the backside pursuit. Mm. Uh, you know, in a play going the other way, you've got these people coming behind you and it's like, don't hurt me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> please don't, don't, don't do it. Uh, well, you had a great uh, football, uh, high school football career, Andy. Um, you still do some games at Rio Hondo, but you worked a few finals for the Foothill Citrus uh, Football Officials Association. So, uh, yeah, when, when uh, I came in, you were one of the, the top umpires, one of the, the top guys, and you eventually passed on your, your knowledge and such to, uh, to other uh, umpires as you moved on. But, uh, man, a great high school football career. Um, do you, uh, maybe your body doesn't miss it, but do you miss Friday nights a little bit? Oh, yes. You know, the camaraderie of working with five guys, you know, uh, and I did get my ass chewed out a few times from uh, from Tracy and this, you know, being a white hat, you got to take the heat. But uh, there was one Friday night where I was being observed. Uh, it was a, it happened to be 9-11. And the mechanic was to get on the field, uh, uh, get get your position have the national anthem, and then everybody get together after that. Well, being 9-11, I wanted everybody in the middle of the field. So everybody was standing next to uh, each other and, you know, uh, saluting the flag. Well, the, 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 the guy that was observing me didn't like that. So I, got, I took heat for that. But you know what? I would still do that today. Oh, I Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, to, we can make an exception tonight. I think of all nights, uh, sir. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'd like to see uh, more of that type of stuff than some of the other direction we've gone in regards to, uh, uh, the flag and such, but I won't get into any of that great career, Andy. And, and yeah, I miss some of the, uh, the Friday nights, if nothing else, the late night times when we all argued and, and told each other we were wrong until, uh, someone had to give in. <laughs> Uh, Andy, you're a big uh, USC football football fan, a big uh, LA Dodgers fan, 
I think you follow the the LA Kings uh, a little bit too. Talk to me about some of your your favorite sports teams here and and kind of the state of their uh, the state of the union really <laughs> on them because USC football has definitely seen better times. The Dodgers are World Series champs. Uh, what do you make of your sports teams? Well, let me tell you. Let me go back uh, way back, and you know I'm going to I'm going to uh, uh, show my age a lot here. But in 1953, Channel Four NBC started the game of the week, Major League Baseball game of the week. It was called the Gillette Game of the Week. And being on the West Coast, you always got to watch teams that were playing at one o'clock Eastern time. Well, they always showed the Dodgers. And I can tell you stories, Jim Gilliam, Duke Snyder, Carl Farillo, Gil Hodges, all those players, Pee Wee Reese, uh, before they even came to LA. And so that's how I got the love of the Dodgers is because as a child, as a seven-year-old, I was watching them every Saturday morning. Not cartoons. I was watching baseball. <laughs> Beautiful. I love that. And uh, as far as USC goes, I, I, you know, it was, it was. I can't tell you when, but it was in the '60s. I said, you know, I got to pick a team to follow, and it's, it had to be a local. And I do follow LSU too. But uh, uh, being a Trojan fan and. Uh, one year, uh, my sons gave me uh, season tickets for my birthday and went down there and watched six home games. It was great. It was great. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. And the, as far as the Kings go, uh, gosh, I can remember listening to them on the radio. Uh, uh, Marcel Dion, Rogi Vachon, you know, all those guys. And... Uh, you forgot to mention the LA Rams. I sure but, did. My, my, my guys right here. What, uh, you know, it's so foreign really to have LA Rams fans in LA, which is odd to me, but I'll get, you know, that's always talk, talk to me about, uh, our beloved Rams. Oh, what has, has grown up in the, in the, in the fifties and sixties. I used to, we had little transistor radios and they, they weren't on TV. You know, you'd have to sell out a stadium to be, you know, given the, the chance to watch it on TV. So I'd go into the garage, turn on my little transistor and listen to, uh, what was his name, Kelly, the announcer, and I'd just listen to him at the Rams games, you know, that was, uh, that was it. That was my love of the Rams and my whole family loves the Rams, so. That is cool. And and so what was the, well, I always ask this with Rams fans. So when they, when they left, uh, to St. Louis for 20 years or whatever. Did you still follow that? I know we were all mad at Georgia Frontieri, uh, but w did you still root for them while they're in St. Louis? And then when they came back, what was that emotion like for your family? Well, I did, I did follow them. I don't know if I rooted for them, but I did follow them because, you know, it's, it's, it's just a party. And uh, when they came back, it was like the, the Dodgers coming to LA. <laughs> it yeah. was great. But come on back. We'll build you this big stadium. <laughs> oh man, how beautiful is that state? I, I can't wait to go. Huge. I cannot wait. It's huge. Yeah. Because forever so, that was the argument. Well, the you know, no NFL team's gonna come here because you're not gonna no one's gonna build a stadium. And yeah, it was like 
we heard all these different rumors and plans. They were going to build one downtown. They're going to build one here, you know, redo the Rose Bowl. And it's like, I'm so glad that they are, they built the stadium where they did Hollywood Park. Hey, uh, yeah. state of the art. I mean, it's, it's definitely really cool. And I can't wait for fans to be there this year. Exactly. Hopefully the way things are turning right now, you don't know, but uh, yeah. SoFi Stadium. SoFi, SoFi. Let's, uh, you know, last year's team host who, who hosted the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay Bucks, uh, not only hosted, got to play in their home stadium, but, but one. So I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. Maybe the Rams uh, make a run and, and repeat history from uh, last year. We'll see. That'd be great. That'd be great. Uh, new quarterback. Got to see how he performs too. So Learn, learning curve. Yeah, we'll see, but they got a great defense, a uh, good foundation. I saw Cam Akers tours Achilles. That is a major bummer. Cause he That's was going yeah. to be a premier yeah. back in the league this year. I thought, but uh, Oh, well, Hey, next man up. You got a next Ram. Yeah, that's, up. Why have, that's why you have 45 guys, right? That's right. That's right. Next Ram up. Uh, I love Sean McVay. Um, he, he's great. And hopefully he keeps it going. Your, your Dodgers ain't, I say your Dodgers, but uh, you know, won the world series last year in that little mini season. Uh, first time since 88. I know a lot of fans here would have been just so thirsty for that. Um, it was great last year, I'm sure for, you know, you and your family, but then you go to this year and they're just, they're so talented yet inconsistent. At least those are my two things. So it's all all about pitching. You know that uh, we got somebody hurt right now. It just, I figured that we would win two out of two out of the four this, this week. But, uh, after, after last night, it reminded me of, uh, Bobby Thompson. (laughs) (laughs) they shot her around the world yeah jansen i mean why they still put trust in him i just i'm like look at he's done great things but it's time to move on man robert just keeps throwing him out there or whoever does i don't know but uh you know they're they've got to do something in the bullpen if they see him only throwing at 93 or 92 in the bullpen he doesn't have the right stuff he should be throwing 95 96 yeah. So they put him into that situation, knowing that even the announcers are going, he, his rhythm is, is is wrong. Yeah. You know, and, and you know you can't. It's hard to perform every night, but uh, but you've got to be able to see that as uh, that bullpen coach out there. Yeah. You know, hey, hey, this guy's not right tonight. Let's get somebody else up. Now it doesn't seem like there's any adjustments ever made in Major League Baseball, which is so weird. Uh, but yeah. the World Series last year, Andy, did that mean? It's a banner. It's a World Series banner. Did it mean any? Was it any less significant because of the shortened season? Or my argument is, hey, every, hey everyone had to play in the shortened season, uh, so you had to have a winner. Uh, wh- what was that like for you last year compared to like 1988? Well, last year winning the World Series, there were still many teams involved. You know, they went through a playoff system, so it wasn't like you won your division, you play this guy then you go to the World Series. They had to play, you know, a playoff system. So I think that that's what really stands in my mind. 1988, uh, I was at that one of those games. I won a, one ticket to go watch a World Series game. And was it 88 where Gossage hit uh, Ron Say in the head? Oh, man. Three. Yeah, I was at that game. I was sitting all the way up next to uh, our Lord, all the way up. 
right when I was right behind home plate, and I saw that he get hit in the head, and the ball flew into the second level. Wow. But yes, yes, uh, a World Series win is a World Series win in my Abs- book. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, indeed. So we'll see what the Dodgers can do. We'll see if, uh, you know, the Rams can can piece something together here. They, football starts up real soon. I'm excited for that. And, uh, man, the Kings, I don't know what's happened to them. They've just fallen off the map. So it'd be nice to get in the playoffs a time or two here in the future. Um, but, uh, Andy, this has been – well, let me say USC football – uh, I know you're probably not a, well, there's probably not too many Helton fans out there in the state of the program. It's gotta be frustrating, right? All the talent here in LA and uh, USC continues to struggle. Well, you know, I still follow them. You know, I, I'll watch all four quarters and, uh, uh, and I just pray if we're, when we get to a bowl game, we don't embarrass ourselves. That's yeah. Oh, no kidding. No kidding. It's funny how the standards kind of lower and, and USC fans to hear them on the radio after games, you know, they still think they, they are, you know, L, these uh, SEC schools. And it's like, I think at one time SC was great, but they haven't been relevant really the past few years. And I don't like it that way, but uh, hopefully they can get back on track here uh, very, very soon. Get to play Notre Dame again this year. That's always a fun game. You and I have texted a little bit when that, you know, when USC is gone out there. And so it'll be nice to see that rivalry come back this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. Got to play those guys. Beat the Irish indeed when fight on. Well, as someone who was born in USC Medical Center, a Trojan from birth, uh, Andy Angelo, this has been a lot of fun, my friend, catching up and chatting about uh, your life, your career, your sons, your family, uh, uh, officiating, coaching. I mean, uh, so many great topics and, uh, I hope to get to see you in person real soon sometime. Hey, well, if you're available on Saturday, let me know. <laughs> you, got, you got a game or two for me? Well, actually I'm working on Monday. I'm doing, a, a, a an Arsenal game at uh, St. John Bosco and, uh, it's a team from Hawaii's coming in. Nice. So 17 and under should be fun. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Well, we'll stay safe, huh? Don't get uh, hit by too many baseballs and, uh, uh, call them as you see a man. And, uh, Andy, thank you for doing this today. Let's, uh, you know, I even talk, we used to have breakfast at norms every Friday, me, you, Ruben Lopez, uh, 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 Brad Claude stepped in there a time or two. I mean, we used to, uh, Luther Wilson, our good buddy. I mean, we, we used to have breakfast every Friday at norms and, uh, some traditions always, you know, come to an end, but I remember those, uh, Stumbling in usually, early, you guys wanted to go earlier and earlier every week. I thought, and I was like, "Man, you I was having." A, you are not a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, especially you know. Keep in mind, I was in my my twenties. Thursday nights were usually a fun night, so uh, breakfast with yeah, the boys yeah, yeah. at eight a.m. was well, not always easy. I well, always had a cup of coffee waiting for you. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm fresh out of my big guy here, Andy. Thanks again. I will chat with you. Uh, chat with you down the road, man. This was a blast. I enjoyed it. Sorry for the slow connect, but we got it. Hey, it took, Hey, like anything else, it just takes, takes some time and uh, yeah, have a good one. Give my best to, uh, to Judy and the family and uh, talk to you soon, Andy. You also, how's your dad? How's your dad? Doing great. Doing great. Loving uh, retired life. And uh, you know, doesn't get around to his watch as many sporting events as he, as he used to. Um, But I'm sure we'll get him out there on the sidelines uh, a time or two here to watch some football. Look forward to it. Look forward to it. All right, buddy. Bye, Andy. You take care.
Oh, I cut him off a little early. Sorry, Andy. Uh, we had some technical issues there. It is what it is. Hey, for those listening and watching on YouTube, thank you for bearing with us. Um, not always easy piecing this together. Connection issues. Not much we can do, but we get through it. We try to get home safe, right? Uh, so Andy, Angelo, thanks for chatting with me today about uh, just your life, your officiating career, and uh, and many, many uh, good memories. Uh, yeah, we used to have breakfast at Norm's in the West Covina every Friday. That was always fun. Have breakfast and then head out to our games uh, Friday night or afternoon, whatever the case was. And uh, just the, some, of, some of my favorite memories in, in chatting with guys like Andy, my good friend Ruben Lopez, uh, Luther Wilson, just uh, some, some great, great friends of mine who are significantly older than me. But that doesn't change anything. Uh, age, uh, sometimes you learn from, from those older than you. I would say most times you do. So uh, anyway, Andy, thank you for the conversation, for your service to Foothill Citrus Football Officials Association and uh, your time with the West Covina Dukes, whether it be coaching or umpiring or whatever. And of course, your contributions to Real Hondo Prep, working a lot of football and baseball games over there as well. So talk to you soon, Andy. And guys, for the rest of you, I should say for the rest of the week, there is no rest of the week. This is the Friday edition of the podcast. More great guests coming up on Fridays. Please continue to reach out to me, send me ideas, topics, um, your, your questions, your opinions, uh, maybe some potential guests, and I will try to get them on the program as we move forward. But guys, as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Get Home Safe podcast. We greatly appreciate the support. We know we have a lot of loyal listeners out there, but we always want to keep people informed of the many ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. We have various social media platforms. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. There's plenty of ways and options to listen to the get home safe podcast anchor helps distribute our podcast to places like apple spotify google and many more we also have a youtube channel that is brand new for us not a whole lot of content on there yet but we're going to try to put out more and more video episodes in going forward as well as short clips here and there regarding uh, big events that happen uh, over the course of time. So lots of options out there, guys. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email, offer uh, some suggestions or content uh, topics, or uh, just ask us some random questions. We always appreciate that. I know Bill Barnes does, especially on Wednesdays. So uh, looking forward to continue to bring you great episodes here on the Get Home Safe podcast on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Guys, have a great rest of the week. And as always, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe.